What's up, wrestling fans? Welcome to episode number 236 of Smack Talk, presented by SmackoutMoment.com. I'm Tony Mango, your host of the panel. Joining me on the mic for this episode is Mike Payton. Am I? Oh, I'm here. Hey! Hey, you are there. You were a little bit over there, and I was asking you what's up, but now you're over here. Oh, that you were asking me? My bad, yo. Yeah. We also have Steven Wago. Wait. Wait. <laughs> Chirp. 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 Wait. <laughs> and Drew White. Peyton over there, what's up? Peyton over there, what's up? If midway through Drew stops uh, popping up, that means that he is doing something with Windows 10 again and hasn't figured out not to click on it. Fuck Windows 10. And fuck my car, too. Fuck yeah, everything. They give him no fuck Cockney's phone, as too, well. even though it's an Apple, and he fucks him over on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, the whole issue was that his car tried to get Windows 10 on it. That's why it wouldn't start. Well, uh, for this episode, our main event's going to be Superstar Scores Cody Rhodes. We've got the hot tags coming up in Part 2. Rest Hole Break is in Part 3. Fantasy League is at the end of the show. All that normal stuff, including Part 1, which is the same as always is, the Wrestling Trivia Question of the Week, otherwise known as the Ask Him. If you don't know what the Ask Him is, it's pretty simple. There are two questions that tie in together in some fashion, and the first one goes to the panel. The second one goes to the audience, so let's backtrack to last week. Those were about Cody Rhodes, oddly enough. The asked him to the panel was who did Cody Rhodes face in his debut match in WWE, which was Randy Orton. And the question to the audience was who did he defeat in, you know, who's the first person that he defeated in WWE? That was Daivari on the 740th episode of Monday Night Raw, July 30th, 2007. So he's been a part of the company for nine years and now he's not anymore. See who got it right, who got it wrong. Most people got it correct here. They all kind of, you know, followed the leader a little bit. Dirkamania, Christopher Marin, Spencer Booth, uh, Declan Mackery, all throwing Divari out there. Dominator39 says, Racist terrorist Divari, you fuck. Or actually, no, he says this all in caps, so. Racist terrorist Divari, you fucking kind of break your back with camel clutch, you make you humble. Totally want to hear. Uh, Iron Sheik do our caps lock voice now. <laughs> Bobby Lesnar G86 says, are you going to do more than one show per week for the WWE 16 game? I'm assuming this is a reference to uh, Peyton's stream. Peyton, you're planning on only doing the one weekly show, right? Well, who has this? Bobby Lesnar? Yep. Well, it don't matter because he's banned. <laughs> <laughs> but no, there's only going to be one big like main show and I might do like house shows other days but it's mainly just going to be that one show and then uh, a pay-per-view occasionally and he, Bobby will be there he also got Davari correct and he also says fuck you guys I did hear the Raw post show tell that to me and not when I was not there I guess that's that he got banned I don't know uh, who else said what here uh, David Brown says I remember Cody beat Charlie Haas Quite early on, but don't remember if that was his first win. No, that was actually two weeks later, so very close, but not quite. And I think we've gone through... Oh, no, Peter Piccinini throws out Ted DiBiase Jr. No, Ted came into the company with Cody Rhodes, actually. That was a little bit later on than that. Lastly, Guest 5 rounds us out with Haha the Fat Guys, <laughs> keeping that going on. Still don't quite get that one, but okay. Uh, we're going to start getting into Money in the Bank ask-hims here. I wrote a couple different things down for the next couple of weeks, so 
Uh, question to the panel. Which superstar has been in the most amount of Money in the Bank ladder matches? Shelton Benjamin. Close, but no. Chris Jericho. Nope. Kofi Rob Kingston? Kofi, uh, even closer if I remember correctly, but nope. Robbie Vanny Dammy. No. And he doesn't wrestle. Is um, it Kane? It is Kane. <laughs> Shelton yes, was I guess in... he had a he had a shot. <laughs> Shelton was in five, Kofi Kingston was in six, Kane was in seven. Seven. Question to the audience, which three superstars won the only money in the bank matches that they were in? It's happened three different times. If you think you know the answer or you want to take a guess, leave a comment below or send a tweet at SmartOutMoment with the hashtag AskHim. Next week, I'll tell you those three people, if WWE doesn't spoil it already, and anything else that we need to run down. And speaking of running things down, we're going to continue on in part two with the hot tags up until Tuesday afternoon when we're recording this. So stay tuned, everybody. Click on that if you are on YouTube. Welcome back, everybody, to part two of episode number 236. It's time for the hot tags of the week. And since we are doing this Tuesday afternoon instead of our usual Wednesday night, some new stories might pop up. So if they do, leave a comment below and throw it out there for us to leave our comments and such. But we do have a couple things that are actually able to be talked about right now. One of them is a big story that kind of is, I don't know why it ended up popping up as much as it did, but... There was a match between Ricochet and Will Ospreay, and Vader criticized it, saying it was basically just like, you know, ballet, kind of a uh, dance sequence or whatever. I have not seen the match, but a lot of criticism towards Vader in response to that, too. But have you guys checked the match out, and what do you think about what Vader said? The match kicks ass. As far as what Vader has to say about it, you know, I, I, there's a lot of old fogies who just cannot keep up with the times, and I did not think Vader would be one of those guys. And it turns out he is. I, and I got to give credit to to Botch Spot, one of my favorite web comics, is, is based on a lot of wrestling things, and they did one for this situation, and it showed um, who is who's Vader's manager, Harley Race, talking behind Vader like Vader, you need to stop doing these moon salts. You know, no one would actually do that in a real fight. And what's with this stupid helmet you're wearing? <laughs> it's like, yeah, you could picture the contemporaries from before Vader's time saying those things to him. Yeah. And that's the way it's going to be. It's the same thing like, you know, where the previous generation says that the current music kids music is crap and too loud or keep off their lawn or whatever. <laughs> It'd be great if one of Vader's criticisms is just kind of like, you know, it, it seems too like uh, choreographed and they're all like, damn lawn. <laughs> Wago, did you check the match out? Uh, yes, I did. And... There was a, like it was a really fun match. There's no doubt about it. Um, was it flawed in some areas? Sure, they could have done a little more selling. But at the same time, if every match was the same, it'd be really boring. Uh, one thing that I think Ricochet kind of missed the point on is yes, wrestling is somewhat of an art form, and you can do it however you like. But that doesn't shadow it from criticism. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes there is something something that is fundamentally wrong with a match. Um, so, yeah, I think it's open for criticism, but I personally found the match awesome. It got way too much traction than it probably should have. It was just one comment, and honestly, Vader's comments weren't that bad. It was pretty, like, I've seen worse said about it. (laughs) I'll put it that way. I gotta imagine this is half just, uh, the sensationalism of people arguing and half slow news. You know? 
I haven't been seeing many updates on uh, pretty much anything this week other than people going, I wonder what this brand extension is going to be. And it's like, that's not news. That's just speculation. So you latch on to whatever you can, you know. But Drew, what do you think about this whole situation? Have you watched the match? No, but I think Vader should be more worried about his dick pics getting out than critiquing a match. So (laughs) I really have no care for for it in that matter. The old people are going to criticize his form in bed. (laughs) Probably. Seth might. (laughs) (laughs) You you see the lighting on this? (laughs) You got to slow down. Uh, now, speaking of the whole brand extension thing, we had a switch over with NXT TakeOver. It was going to be called Revenge, and they changed it to The End. And we're going to talk more about that next week when we do our predictions and such, but a little odd thing that's happening right now, Ticketmaster has removed NXT TakeOver Brooklyn from the event schedule. So if we actually have NXT TakeOver The End... As the end of NXT TakeOver, and we don't get that three-day thing like we were supposed to be getting, the you know, same as last year, we had Brooklyn and uh, for NXT, we had SummerSlam, and then we had Raw. If they're only showing SummerSlam and Raw, that could mean that we maybe don't get NXT anymore. But it could just be a glitch, you know, one, one way or the other, I don't know. But do you guys think there's any validity to the idea that NXT TakeOver The End is the actual end? I don't think it's the end of NXT as much as it could be a reset for NXT. I imagine a lot of these NXT guys are going to go up to the main roster to fill gaps, so a lot of the top-tier talent are going to be missing. If that's the case, then a lot of those guys are going to be very green that's uh, working in NXT, which is fine, because that's what it's there for. If that is the case, can you trust them to um, like fill out, like do a big-time show in Brooklyn? Maybe not. That's, a, that's exactly what it is. NXT has gotten way bigger than it ever should have been. Like, NXT should not be selling out the same arena that they're doing SummerSlam in. It, sh- it just shouldn't be. That that If you're doing it that way, th- those people are ready to move up. So I've been saying that for a while. There's way too many people down there that are way too talented. I've seen mumblings for people as low on that roster as Elias Sampson being nominated to be brought up to fill out this this brand split. So they're going to get a total, total setback to even before when they had like Neville and Bo Dallas on the top of the card. I think NXT is going to get cut back almost to like an FCW thing. Maybe it just might have to rely on the brand name carrying it for a little bit. I think they have the potential to make more new stars. They'll sign new guys. They'll get some guys out of this cruiserweight tournament and they'll, they'll pick and choose more people. But I think this is a very smart thing for them to do. And it, the end, it's not the end overall. It's the end of an era. That's all it means. It's the end of the era of all these Ring of Honor guys and those types coming through. Or it could just be the end of the Finn Balor-Samoa Joe feud. And this could just be one of those things that, you know, Ticketmaster in a day puts it back up. Somebody said that, like, I don't know, like Finn's name translates to the end or some shit in some language. So I don't fucking know if it's something as stupid as that. It'd be different if they labeled this NXT TakeOver last show ever or something like that, then I'd be like, okay, maybe. But we won't know, and this is one of those things, again, where it's like, it's all speculation with this brand extension. We don't know what the fuck's happening, and according to Monday Night Raw, nobody else knows either. So we're not going to find out more until next week at the very least. Uh, June 8th is when NXT TakeOver The End is, so we're definitely going to know more when it comes to that show. But it could 
possibly mean that we're not getting NXT TakeOver Brooklyn, which would be kind of a shame. And I think a good talking point is that with them taking this do night dynamic of having just a bunch of Ring of Honor guys and independent guys in NXT right now, a lot of those guys that are there for grooming, that are brand new talent, that have come out of the Performance Center, you imagine it's going to be hard for them to actually like learn and go on the road and find themselves in NXT because they're having to compete with these top-tier talent. So I think a reset's more than in order. Even then, too, I mean, it would be kind of interesting if they did reset and they had, like, nobody and it's all brand new people. And they still just kind of did the show and see if maybe they could sell out that arena from brand new people, you know? I'd be kind of interested. But that's, uh, you know, two months away from NXT TakeOver the end. So we'll see when it comes to that. Uh, We have another WWE Studios film is announced, The Marine 5 Battleground. It's going to have... The uh, the Miz is back. Maurice, Heath Slater, Curtis Axel, Bo Dallas, and Naomi. <laughs> what do you guys think of this lineup? I don't know if any of us have seen Marine Four, Marine Three, whatever. I know Peyton's at least seen the Marine One, but oh, man, we've got badass. the social outcasts in here. <laughs> I think this is a good idea. I mean, I I didn't get to see it yet but that new movie they had coming out where they had a whole bunch of people in it with Dolph Ziggler and Kane and Rusev and the Ascension and pretty much getting the whole cast involved I think that's a better idea than just trying to have Randy Orton come in for three seconds and talk about how he's going to take something to the papers that makes me way more interested in the movie and I've heard nothing but positive things about Miz as the Marine I've heard he's filled that role very well and the fact that he's getting a third movie in that part he, he definitely must be well, it seems like it's sort of like uh, somebody gets kidnapped and there's like a group of people and those are probably going to be the social outcasts, which is like if those people are the ones that are like mercenaries, I don't know if I can buy Bo Dallas being a mercenary. Well, Bo Dallas can be like um, like in Lion King, you know, where there, there was that one hyena who was just really simple and laughed all the time. That's the one Bo Dallas would be. He's the one who would like make some stupid mistake and be the first one to get killed off. <laughs> Which one was that? There was Whoopi Goldberg and then the other two. Mm-hmm. Ed? Yeah, his name was Ed. <laughs> Man, I want to Shut up, Ed! <laughs> Wago, any plans on seeing Marine 5? Ha! <laughs> <laughs> Drew, what about you? Well, he mentioned that someone gets kidnapped, but if it's like every other Marine, someone always gets kidnapped. So, I mean, if John Cena shows up at some point, I'll watch it. Bo Dallas is playing John Cena in the movie. Is he going to be John Dalna? I don't know. What? (laughs) A picture in the net. (laughs) Last up here, uh, WWE had a John Cena t-shirt design that resembled a Pabst Blue Ribbon logo, and they tweeted at them and said, Hey, WWE, we can see you. So WWE panicked, changed the t-shirt design. They took it as like a legal threat, basically, or whatever like that. Uh, you know, tweaked it just enough where it's not a parody logo or whatever like that. But I thought that that was a funny situation considering they try to take people down for different things here and there. And then it's like they try to do the same exact thing and they're just kind of like, hey, we could do you. SmartGuyMoment.com has not been taken down in any uh, capacity for our two T Public and Red Bubble shops, but 
Uh, did you guys see the t-shirt designs? Did you think anything about it? Any thoughts on whether you're going to buy it or you just getting with shit whatsoever? I mean, I wasn't planning on buying it. I've seen yeah. the shirt. I don't. I don't see what the big deal is. I don't see why they wouldn't be protected under parody with that. That's exactly what it was. I would argue in favor of WWE for it. Mm-hmm. They probably could have got away with it. I'm just imagine they just didn't want to fucking deal with it. Yeah, just for a T-shirt that they could easily redesign. Like, I, I just think it was better to avoid, especially when it was supposed to be like the symbol of John Cena and American patriotism and all that. They just just wanted to like have it be clean, so they just probably changed it. Yeah, it's like it doesn't really matter what Cena wears anyway. You just fucking slap some colors on there, and maybe an American flag, and some schmuck's gonna buy it. So I didn't see the shirt. So I can't comment if I think it was worrisome or not that they'd get sued, but I imagine they would have been fine. They just didn't want to deal with the hassle. It looked enough like it to me that if somebody said that was a parody, I'd buy it. But at the same time, if they didn't, I wouldn't have known. And it was like, nah, who cares? You know, like, they're not screwing over the beer company in any way. It's not like they're trying to make it, like, a legitimate, like... You know, they're making a beer and they're making the logo the same. It's a t-shirt for John Cena. It's got Never Give Up or uh, Hustle Loyalty Respect or whatever. Nobody's going to get to come from views and be like, oh, I can't buy that beer anymore. I got to buy that t-shirt instead. <laughs> All I can think about is the scene from Camp WWE when he's trying to sell Stone Cold Steve Austin as like the face of Jack Daniels, but they got John Cena instead. <laughs> Maybe they could have tied it in that way. Well, those are the hot tags uh, for so far this week. Make sure you guys all leave your comments below. Tell us what you think of these different topics and anything else that we should break down as well. And we're going to take a break with the rest hold in part three. Come back afterward with Superstar Scores, Cody Rhodes as our main event in part four. Hey there, everybody. It's time for the rest hold, which is the commercial break section of the show that takes care of all the promotional stuff going down this week in the world of Smart Out Moment and some other miscellaneous segments to throw into the mix as well. We're going to start off with the 2016 Sexiest WWE Superstars Tournament. That is still going on here. Round 4 semifinals are about to end, so cast your votes while you can to determine who goes on to the finals in Round 5. We have the outside interference articles as well, and there are three different things that I wrote up for eWrestling News, talking about the idea of a women's Money in the Bank match, a mid-card Money in the Bank match, and one for the tag titles as well. So if you want to go check those articles out, go to eWrestlingNews.com, where you can find links on Facebook, Twitter, the YouTube description below, or, of course, the homepage of SmartOutMoment.com underneath the section that says Outside Interference. That takes us into Smart My Words, one of my favorite comments throughout the week that you guys sent in in some fashion. And this week, the winner's going to go to Siloina Doom for something he said in the middle of the Twitch stream. We were trying to figure out what would be the most uh, derogatory names for a women's division that could have been put out there versus, you know, knockouts, bombshells, that kind of stuff. And he threw out the suggestion of crotch bleeders division, which takes the cake for sure. That is definitely the most offensive thing anybody probably would have thought of. So thank you, Siloina Doom, for getting a chuckle out of us with that. And thank you to all the others who participated in all the other conversations as well. So many different platforms for you guys to smark out with us. And one of those is our Facebook group, The Mega Maniacs. That's the spot where we goof off throughout the week. And we invite you guys to take part in all the fun by joining us at facebook.com slash group slash The Mega Maniacs. The mailbag for June is going to be coming up on episode number 240. So start sending in those questions now, whether they're wrestling related or not. And we will answer what you send our way. All you got to do is tweet at us with the hashtag mailbag or shoot us an email through the contact form of the website. 
If you are going to a wrestling event and you want to show your support for the website, take part of the Sign Me Up initiative. All you got to do is bring a sign that says Mark Out Moment to that show and send a picture of yourself holding it up at that show to me, and I'll give you a shout out on the website as a thank you in response. And if you want to support us with what's in your wallet, there's a couple different ways in which you can donate. You can do that through the Patreon rewards, you can do that with the fan funding module on the YouTube channel, or you can just cut out the middleman and hit up that PayPal donation button at the bottom of markoutmoment.com. We also have two different merchandise shops for you guys to pick up some t-shirts that have our official logos and some inside jokes as well. You can browse those catalogs over at Redbubble and TeePublic to see what you like. And if you have any ideas of future designs, send them my way as well and I'll see what I can whip up. But if you can't afford to spread the wealth with anything monetarily, we understand that. But don't forget about the other ways that you can help us out that don't involve money whatsoever. You can do that with giving a thumbs up to our videos on YouTube. You can spread the word by sharing the channel and the website articles on the social media accounts that you have out there. You know, retweet us on Twitter, like our Facebook post, drop a link on Reddit, you know, all that other kind of stuff. That all helps out quite a bit. And you can do that for websites that aren't just Markout Moment as well, but are tied in together, such as fanboysanonymous.com, which is our geek culture website where we deal with the movies and video games and such that we like. And if you want to help us out by following all the stuff there, Fanboys Anonymous is on Facebook, Twitter, iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, and of course the website itself is something that you should be checking out on the regular. We have the All Talk Show, which you can follow at All Talk Show to find out whenever the hell we're going to do an episode, which I don't know when the next one's going to be. But of course, we will always let you know in advance when we decide to do one. And lastly, if you're interested in joining this Markout Moment team in some fashion as a writer, an editor, or something else like that, send in an application using the contact form on the website, and I'll get back to you with more information as soon as I possibly can. And that's it for this week's Rest Hold. Thank you all for listening, everybody. We have our main event coming up next. So stay tuned for part four coming your way. Welcome back from the rest hold, everybody. It's time for us to get into our main event for this episode, which is going to be the 18th edition of Superstar Scores. And our target for this one is going to be Cody Rhodes, based off the fact that he just left the company and we didn't get a chance to do this, you know, last week or the week before, whatever the case may be. But it's still fresh in our minds. So we're going to talk about the son of a son of a plumber and rank him on a 0 to 100 scale on five different categories that have two different categories, uh, subcategories underneath them. They are ring skills, mic skills, appearance, behavior, and crowd reaction. The point of this is to get as close to a 10 as possible. Perfect 100 is, you know, the best possible score. Zero is, of course, the worst. And uh, we're going to start off with the ring skills section. That is athleticism and psychology. Athleticism is basically their move set, their finisher, uh, whether or not they botch, that kind of thing. And psychology is their storytelling capabilities and whether you blo- uh, buy that they can actually win or if they're keeping a match interesting and not boring, selling their injuries, that kind of stuff like that. Uh, I'm going to start off with uh, Payton on this. Payton, what do you get Cody Rhodes for ring skills? Uh, for ring skills, he's he's good. He's not great. I think he still has a lot of molding to do. Um, I went with sevens on both seven for athleticism, seven for psychology. He's a guy who showed himself able to have good stamina, good acrobatic abilities. Um, but again, nothing truly amazing. Just, just 
a higher end of good. And same for psychology. He, he hasn't gone out there and had like a Donnie Brook um, Broadway type match. He's just gone out there and had a lot of basic mid card matches. He knows how to tell a basic story, but we're yet to see anything truly miraculous yet. So again, sevens all around. I actually gave him a seven for both as well in the same kind of uh, capacity. I like what he did in the ring. I don't remember a single match where I was just like, oh, damn, that was so just Cody fucking up. And the first match I can think of with a fuck up is that Cody and Goldust thing. And I think that was like that they cut the time and they told them to do that story and whatever. I don't blame that necessarily on those two because they had good shit before that. And I like the crossroads. I like the beautiful disaster kick. But at the same time, I can't really say that he's Shawn Michaels either. So sevens for me too. Wago, what do you got for ring skills? Seven for both of them as well. So it looks like um, if Drew says it too, it'll be a unanimous decision. <laughs> that show ain't coming back. <laughs> good uh, um, so for athleticism, yeah, it's like he's never done anything too flashy. He can't do a lot of the flippy bullshit and amazing stunts other people do. But yeah. he's gifted enough to move around well. Psychology-wise, best match I've seen him have was that tag match with the Shield. Um, but he's not, he's not had one of those matches where your draws are, your draws are on the ground. So that's what I got. All right, Drew, what do you think? We got sevens for everybody, it seems. I got a seven for his technical ability, but for athleticism, I gave him an eight. And the main reason why I gave him an eight, that moonsault off the top of the cage was pretty fucking awesome. And it's a damn shame that they gave, like, stun of the year or whatever it was to Chris Jericho's, like, frost body off the top. I Like you guys said, he's not the most athletic guy, but he can still do some pretty damn good things. So it's, I'm going to go with the eight and the seven. So he's getting good scores right here. Let's see if he can kind of keep this going on here with uh, the mic skills. Those are charisma and character. Charisma is their basic mic skills. Do they cut a promo without stuttering, and do they keep things fresh and interesting? And their character, that's more their gimmick. And, you know, whether or not they can play a heel and a face, or if they only have one character that they can really pull off, that kind of stuff. I'm going a six and a seven. Seven for character, six for charisma, because when I was thinking about it, Cody struggled quite a bit on the mic, and he improved, but he really never could quite pull it out 100%. Better than some people on the roster, not quite as good as some others. Seven, though, for the character, I might end up actually bumping that up. It depends on what you guys say here, but I was thinking back on a couple different gimmicks he's had. The uh, clean-cut babyface thing, you can't really do much with that. Dashing gimmick, that was pretty interesting. Then he took that in an even better way with the whole deformity thing, and he's got the Stardust character, <laughs> he had the legacy thing. So he's had a wide variety, but I kind of hated the Stardust character for the majority oh, of it. You are such a fucking hater. Yeah, I just, it got in on my nerves, so I had to kind of dock him a little bit for Stardust at the same time as award him a little bit for it. And my favorite. Cody Rhodes was when he was feuding with Big Show, that Intercontinental title reign that he had. I thought that he was a good heel with that. So I'm going six and seven. Uh, Wago, I'll go with you first on this one. What do you think about his mic skills? So for his mic skills, for Charisma, I gave him a seven. Um, I thought he was always, like, like at the start of his career, it was a bit bumpy, but he got up to a point where he could cut a solid promo, and it kind of works into his character where I gave him an eight, because... Um, dude's like had a like constant evolution, and 
I think that's one of the biggest flaws on a lot of people is that their characters never evolve. They stay the same for so long, but Cody, he went from being just some generic guy to all the things that we've seen. And personally, I thought his dashing gimmick, he knocked it out of the park. The disformity gimmick, he probably the best character he's done. And I like Stardust. I just think they didn't utilize him properly. It's a character that you have to do something with or it's just another guy on the roster. Peyton, what about you? This is a guy who has been through a number of character shifts and has pretty much nailed every single one of them. So for character, I'd have to give him an 8. Um, just because he hasn't had anything that's truly flourished. But everything he's been given, he's done fantastic with. And for charisma, I give him another 7. Again, way above average. I can think back to a lot of times when he was really on, on the when, when he was the, doing the deformed gimmick and he was running down how everyone else was ugly and passing out the bags to everybody. I thought that's where we really saw his character and ability to cut a promo shine there. And even all the way up to today, like the, the backstage things when he was uh, in the, his own little space back there in the stars and talking all cryptic, it was like the modern day ultimate warrior promo. It was pretty cool to see. Not doing bad on this one either. What do you think, Drew? For his character, I gave him an eight, and the main reason why I did is just because everything he like everyone said he knocked out of the park. Stardust was my favorite character for a long time, and that's mainly because there is no one who is more into their gimmick than Cody Rhodes was with Stardust. He went out there and busted his ass every single time with that character, and I think it would have worked if they actually did something with him, even towards the tail end of when he was in WWE when they were like teetering in the Cody Rhodes. He's not really Cody Rosing. Even if there was one person in the crowd saying anything about it, he still played it, and it would work most of the time. And for his charisma, I gave him a 7, just because he never got a chance to really show off the character in a lot of ways up until the Stardust thing where he had his own backstage segments. But nothing that was really uh, stuck out, but I, I don't remember a time where it was really anything too bad. So a 7 and 8. You guys convinced me. I'm going to bump him up to an 8 on character. Woo! An extra point. Now we got appearance. Physique is pretty self-explanatory. Body. <laughs> That's what it means. Entrance is a little bit more confusing, but it incorporates all the things from their music, the pyro, with the actions that they do, everything that can go into an entrance. And, of course, this is for any entrance that they've had, you know, the wide variety of them. Undertaker's pretty much had two entrances in his career, but you say what your favorites are, your least favorites are, that kind of stuff. It's all, you know, overall. Uh, physique, I think we could end up possibly being on the same page here, but I think that we're actually going to end up having a wide range. I'm going six. And I think I might be a little bit harsh, but I don't know. That's going to kind of depend, too. I look at a guy like Cody Rhodes, and I think he's got a great body. But if you're comparing him to some other people, I'm not going to believe that he's going to win in a fight. Like, if he were a little bit more muscular and a little bit taller, I'd bump him up a lot more. And I think he actually would have gotten a world title reign if that would have been the case. But I can see if somebody like Vince was critical of him. I don't know about that. Uh, actually, you know, it's a state of physique. His entrance is quite a bit different. Let's bounce around when it comes to this. Drew, what do you think about Cody's physique? What did you give him? I was going to give him a nine, 
uh, when we were talking about this before we did the podcast. And I bumped it down to an eight right now, but that's mainly because I was thinking he is in perfect shape for the most part for his body size, perfect muscular. You know, he looks great. But I was thinking like that nine and ten area is like reserved for Triple H, The Rock, John Cena, mm-hmm. and I and I couldn't think I put could put Cody Rhodes on that level, but the guy it looks fucking amazing still. It's just that he's not that big, but there's nothing wrong with that. He and you said that he doesn't look like he could kick some of these guys' ass, which is true, but he has that wrestling background of amateur style. I think he could totally beat a lot of guys' ass if he just walked into a bar. So. I'm going to give him an eight for physique. Yeah, see, when you talk about gimmick-wise, that's where it gets a little tough because, like, a, a Mark Henry is obviously not, like, you know, a clean-cut model type of guy, but you can believe him kicking someone's ass, but he also wrestles a completely different style from somebody like Callisto, and then you can't judge them basically the same, and so that's, I mean, there, there's a lot of room uh, to figure something out here, Peyton, what do you think with uh, Cody's physique? Is it something we should bump him up more, or should we kind of look at him as like a, a scrawny type of guy? No, I mean, you got to look at this. This is a whole scale of 1 through 10, and if you're looking at it as that, you can't put him too high. He was a smaller dude. He, he was trimmed. He was cut, but he was he was smaller. You know, he never had really buff muscles. He never had a perfect body. His face was fine but he also kind of had that weird thing on his face that his daddy had so it's for me i gotta i keep him at a six wago what do you got so i have him at a six too and i don't see how drew can put him so high at the end of the day when it comes to um physique it's basically does vince look at you and his jaw drop and that's not the case with cody rhodes he's when, when he came broke into the wwe guy looked like he couldn't fit his fucking trunks now as he got older, he started to beef out a little more, but he never really got to that point where he was remotely imposing. Add that with a history of dorky haircuts and his stupid <laughs> face. I can't give him any more than six. I, I'm i going to change mine to a six as well, I guess. I, I was looking at it a little differently, so yeah, I'm going to go with a six as well. You know what's a big step up for him that he did eventually? Knee pads. Oh, he yeah, that, that so... went against him majorly, too. I never even thought about that. He looked so weird when he just had the bare legs. That showed, like, the scrawniness, kind of. Of course, he's bigger than me. I am. He'd kick my ass in a second, but, you know, that's not what we're arguing here. If I even did Superstar Scores me, it'd be real fucking low. I don't know. Anton Mango looks pretty badass. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, entrance. Now, this is where it gets a little interesting because we have a weird set when it comes to his entrances, he had real basic things and then he had crazy shit and I might bump him up a little bit here, but I'm giving him a seven. I liked the paper bags with the, uh, he's handing them out to the crowd when he's wearing the mask and all that. And I liked the mirror, but it was a little bit annoying too. And Stardust was interesting. So a seven, I'm leaning maybe towards an eight. Um, Peyton, what do you got? Nah, I never really liked any of his entrances. At most, I might have liked some small production elements of it. Like you said, the mirror or maybe a certain camera angle they were using. But besides that, his entrances were mostly boring, especially you go back to like his first one where it was literally just him walking down, gets in the ring, puts his arm in the air. (laughs) (laughs) My arm's in the air. (laughs) Um, Yeah, he never really just had a great entrance. So I'm giving him a five, middle of the road. Mm. Wigo, what do you got? 
So I have him at a seven. I I liked his theme music. I liked the variety of his uh, different theme music. Uh, Smoke and Mirrors had a couple of different versions. Um, I also liked his entrance that he had going with uh, Road Scholars, where they combined the two. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, so overall, a seven I think is fair. Um, he's had the cool little features with the mirror. Um, the Stardust entrance I kind of dug too, so I think seven's fair. Two sevens and five. You're gonna go with a six and be in the middle ground, Drew. I was thinking about giving him a three because he had no pyro, but I thought about it some more, and I do like smoke and mirrors. Uh, I do like the updated version of that. The the disfigured Cody Rose theme is actually my favorite, and yeah, he might have not done too much when it comes to creating a cool thing for Cody when he does like the walk down stuff but the Stardust just his entrance with that where he's just pretty much crazy and he gets on the barricade and stuff I thought it was interesting I might have not have been a big fan of the Stardust music but I, I will give him credit It kind of like with his character the music and the way he gets down to the reading evolved over time so I'm going to give him a 7 it uh, brings us to behavior, which is backstage professionalism, the locker room situations that they're in, the politics, whether they put people over or they complain incessantly, and the public relations, the outside image that they project onto the company. That's factoring in their arrest record, their charity work, their talk show ability, all that other kind of stuff. I gave him an eight for both because I look at it this way. If he just now cracked after all the shit that it seems like he's put up with, and I don't remember him being a problem, dude needs credit, because you know? <laughs> he went through a lot of crap. Uh, just wanting to get rid of the Stardust character and then not letting him do that, and him losing to so many people, and being on the low end of the card, and never really getting that big push that I think that he was entitled to. Some other people might disagree, but uh, that is something that, he was in the company for nine years, and he did reach a point maybe three years ago or so where I was just like, they could they could push this guy. And instead, he's jobbing out on pre-shows, and he's wrestling predominantly on superstars and whatever. So I got to give him credit for putting up with that for as long as he did. And public relations, dude's doing reading conventions and stuff like that as Stardust, working with little kids and shit. Never got arrested as far as I can remember. Uh, he's got the comic book conventions that he went to. So he tried to tap into that side of the culture. I think that he did a pretty good job. All things considered. I'm giving him pretty high marks with two eights here. Uh, Drew, what do you got for behavior? At first, I didn't know how I was going to grade this because of what he said after he left the company. And the main thing, if you read that big long thing he posted on his Twitter was at some point he mentions how one of the head writers, where instead of listening to him, he, he was flirting with uh, the divas on the roster, which I was like, oh, God, he's going to get this. This is going to fuck him in some way down the road. But I'm going to just uh, look at this of when he was in the company and for just the backstage stuff of this, you, you hear nothing wrong with him. And uh, from what you see, a lot of people appreciated his time there. So I'm going to give him an eight. And for the public image, I'm going to give him a nine just because, like you said, he went to the start to conventions and stuff as Stardust. He did a lot of like the talk show and stuff, and he did a lot of charity work. He's not a John Cena, but he wasn't supposed to be a John Cena. And I think the start going to stuff as Stardust is pretty badass, so I'm going to give him a nine. Where go? So professionalism, I ended up giving him a nine. And the only reason I knocked him any points is because of the way he went out. 
I don't. I wouldn't have even knocked him anything that the letter he wrote if he wasn't naming certain writers and shitting on them. There's a way you leave, and that ideally isn't the way to do it. I don't disagree with what he said. I'm just talking from a business standpoint. Um, but take a look at him. I mean, this is a kid that was in one of the most oh, hi cat, uh, biggest professional wrestling families. Um, Jesus, fuck you. Um, <laughs> So uh, he could have came in as this cocky young brat that rubbed everybody the wrong way and never made it anywhere, <laughs> Randy Orton, um, but Orton naturally ended up doing something. Um, so yeah, I think a nine's fair because everybody talks positively about him. As far as public relations go, I ended up giving him a 10. I've never heard of him doing anything bad. He works with kids. He had the whole thing with Stephen Amell and he did a lot of press for it. So really high marks here. I'm starting to think I might be moving him up to a 9 and 9. Payton, you think I should go along with that? You give him a high score too? I also gave him a 9 for professionalism. Uh, Wago actually hit the best point you could have about it is the fact that he's one of these guys who came in from a wrestling family and didn't just have everything handed to him. Uh, you say Randy Orton. I also look at like Charlotte to be a more contemporary example. Um, he, I don't know if maybe Dusty wanted to be harder on him and maybe that's why he took the longer route. But he, sure, he got put in the legacy, but, you know, so did Sim Snuka and Manu, and that didn't work out too well for them very long. Manu. <laughs> so, yeah, so he, he still worked his butt off, um, went himself up from the lowest part of the card all the way up. So I, I have a lot of respect for him that. So a nine for professionalism. Uh, and for PR, I'm also going to give him a nine, uh, especially for how much he stuck to that character when he was doing other things with the comic appearances and um, – he had that joint shirt with Stephen Amell to raise money for charity. <laughs> oh, yeah. He, he made his own shirt with another huge star specifically just to benefit charity. So how could you not love this guy? Um, I, I'm really tempted to give him a 10. I just feel like 10 is reserved for someone like a John Cena. So I got to give but, him a 9. Yeah, I was kind of on the same boat. But I'm like, what does – like, Cena gets more credibility, credit for it because he's a bigger name. But I, they probably do the amount of the same shit. And just not as much press about it. Mm -hmm. Could be. But you again, hear, I'm going by what I know. You hear, like, I mean, you've heard, like, CM Punk, so take it with a grain of salt, like, <laughs> bitch about, um, like, people not getting credit for doing all the same stuff as Cena does. So, yeah, I, I, that's why I ended up giving him a 10, but I can see I the argument. I think the thing is between him and Cena is not as many kids are asking for Stardust for Make-A-Wish stuff. So I mm. think people, so that's maybe why we don't hear about it as much. But I'm actually kind of tempted to move him up to a 10 because you guys have brought up some very good points on that. Yeah, you know what? I'm bumping him up at least 9 and 9. Uh, so I'm happy because I wanted to give him a higher score than what I originally gave him, and now it looks like I am. Uh, our final section here, though, is crowd reaction, which is popularity and credibility. The popularity is based off of the, you know, more, like, uh, standardized crowd reaction. The cheers and the boos, his followers on Twitter, their uh, ratings, if you can kind of measure that, the merchandise, that kind of thing. Credibility is more on the lines of their kayfabe sense you know can you buy this guy being a hall of famer and a multi-time world champion or is he like a colin delaney type and this is where i gave him the lowest marks out of everything and again i'm hoping i can bump him up if you guys can convince me but popularity gave him a five and I, it kind of hurt me to do that but i was like you know i don't really remember a time where he was much more popular than maybe like a seven would be and then if I look at his overall career, he spent a lot of time where he was just, 
you know, being pushed aside and all that. So that hurt his credibility too, which I gave him a six. This is more so WWE not giving him the proper treatment and the fans going, well, if you're not, it's the Ryback thing. If you don't make me want to give a shit about him, then I don't as much as I should. And there were times where he was higher up, but there were also times where he was real fucking low. So a five and a six for me. Hopefully I can bump him up. Uh, way to go. I'm going to start off with you. Do you think I should be higher up? What do you got him? Not by much. I ended up doing a six for both. Um, the thing is with Cody, and I had to look back. It was kind of a weird dynamic. I kind of had to look back at some of the people that I'd done before and where I'd rank their popularity just right. so I could kind of establish my pecking order. And he was no by no means any more popular or less popular than Ryback was at his peak. So, yeah, I had to give him a six for popularity. He's more like he's more over than the average Joe, but he's not like some major superstar. Uh, Credibility-wise, again, it's just they gave him the IC title run. They've gave him a meaningless tag run. But they've never gone ahead and put any real commitments into him for the long run. So I can't give him anything more than just slightly above average. Yeah, I mean, I gave Ryback a 7 on popularity, and that dude was over as fuck. And I don't remember that time period when it came to Cody. But uh, Peyton, what do you got for crowd reaction? For popularity, I gave him a six. He is just above average, I would say. Um, people tend to have always liked him. He's, he's not someone that got like an Xbox heat, t- Xbox heat, Xbox heat type reaction. But he also has never been massively popular. But what I do think is neat is that he has much more buzz around him after his release than I think anyone has in quite some time. Uh, people are very intrigued by that list that he posted, which he is starting work on with his first match against Kurt Angle near me, which I am super excited for. I must get to this event. Um, so I, I, that is one thing that's going in his favor. And I think that's where we're going to see the true score that he should get for this because it's kind of hard to judge right now. I want to see how he does after WWE. Mm-hmm. And that's where I could really give him a proper score for this. Uh, for now, though, I'm going to keep him at a six. And I have the same score for credibility as well because if we're just going off his WWE tenure – they never put him too high. I mean, the best he probably had was when he was fighting DX. That was probably the highest he ever was. So I, I'll also give him a six for that. Drew, round us out. What do you got here? For popularity, I, w- I wanted to give him a seven, but I have to give him a six. And when it, his most popular was in that time in 2013 where Sandow turned on him and him and Goldust were, got fired. And they had that big match with the Shield. That's remember when I him he was at his most popular, and then they went off to the, the Stardust, and and I gave Ryback like a seven or eight or something like that. I couldn't give it to Cody because even that that was more of oh, the situation of yay where the the authority got fucked over in the end, yay. So I had to give him a six for that. And you mentioned that uh, it's been a while since we ha- we've had someone who got fired or just went away from the company and, and not this mystique about him. The last person I could think of was CM Punk. And yeah, but well, we know what he's doing now, but I think with Cody Rhodes, we actually get to see him do something unlike Punk who just talks about doing something and never does it. So I'm going to give him a six for that. And for credibility, I want to... I think I'm going to give him a seven. And I'm going to give him a seven because he did have a handful of title reigns and he did have places on the card. He did have a celebrity match with Stephen Amell. 
Uh, they unveiled the new Intercontinental Championship with him. I, I think he did good things with about the first time he had it. He had meaningful feuds with that. He fought Booker T, did stuff with the Big Show. He did meaningful things with that. And with the tag teams, I mean, with Goldust the first time, then the second time at Stardust. I mean, shit, we forget that he had a tag team ran, run with Bob Core Holly at one point. And that really should mean something in the end on, on this Superstar Scores especially. <laughs> so it has to be a seven just for that tag team with Bob Core Holly. Well, my final score ended up being a 70, which is exactly the same as what I ended up giving Ryback. And, you know, looking at the people that we've had in the past, not bad at all. A lot of people in the 70 range. Kind of wish I could give him like a 75, but WWE sort of, you know, killed a, a little bit when it comes to that. So I blame partially a couple points on WWE's booking of him and some things on his own, but 70's not bad at all. Uh, Drew, what was your final score? My final score ended up being 74, but, but that's mainly because I was a lot nicer when it comes to his entrance than anything else. Wego, you were uh, saying before that you were surprised at how high of a score he ended up getting from you overall. What was that final tally? I thought he'd actually be lower than this, but he got 73 with me. So it's not bad at all. Not bad, not bad. Peyton, uh, everybody's been a little bit higher than me so far. Are you following the trend? Nope, I'm at an even 70 as well, which puts him equal to me with Shane McMahon. And just narrowly ahead of Chris Jericho and narrowly below Roddy Piper. That's not a bad spot to be. Yeah, he's uh, five points ahead of Shane right now for me, which Shane did a higher score than I thought that he would have eventually, too. Uh, Our uh, average, for those wondering, is a 71.75. So, again, good score for Cody Rhodes, a guy who really just didn't quite get as good of a reputation as he should have in WWE. And hopefully this match with Kurt Angle is going to, you know, turn some heads and he's going to eventually come back. Maybe you're find some success elsewhere, you know, whatever the case may be. But make sure if you're listening to this that you leave your comments below and tell us what your score is for Cody Rhodes. Did he rank higher or lower than what we were given? Or is he around that 70 range as well? We have one more thing left to do for this episode, which is in part five, the Fantasy League. Last up on our list of things to do for episode number 236 is the Fantasy League, so I'm going to pass this over to Mike Payton to tell us any of the information we need to know. What's going on? We'll breeze through this fast. Steven Wago's team, AJ Styles, is still sitting in the last place. Kalen <laughs> uh, Ferris's Brianna's bitch tits uh, above him in fourth place. Tony Mango's Tony Strikes in third. Drew White's fucking shitheaded twosers are continuing to fucking shitheaded twos in second place. And my team, Peyton's Penguins, with a stronghold on first place. What a kick-ass team I have. I'm so proud of those guys. Let's see, though, if there's anybody, anybody wants to switch out on their team, though. And uh, first one goes to Wago because you still hold priority for being in last place. So what you thinking, Wago? You ready um, to finally cave in? Does anybody uh, have John Cena? <laughs> no, I'm good. All right, Wago's going to hold for now. Tony, we come to you. Mm, I think I'm going to stay as well. Tony's going to stay. Uh, Drew, what about you? I'll stay. Wow, nothing going on here. I'm shocked. And that comes to me, and I don't think I'm going to do anything right now either. Uh, Kalen didn't send me any news of anything he wanted. He traded out The Miz for Epico last week. That was certainly an improvement. Um, 
But for, other than that, there's nothing to report as far as team changes. But if you want to catch up on anything, go to WWFantasyLeague.com for scores, rosters, and rules. All right, and that means that we just need to do the plugs. So, Wago, you're up first. All right, you can follow me on Twitter at Stephen Wago to get all updates on what I'm doing. You can also find me over on the Twitch by going to Stephen Wago's channel. So, yeah, bada-bing, bada-boom. Drew? Go to Drusive White on the Twitter machine, and then if you go to the YouTube machine, go to Mick Freakin' Duncan, and you can post videos with me about how Windows 10 fucking sucks. Payton? If you enjoy wrestling, join us every Monday night when Raw goes off the air on my fucking Twitch at twitch.com slash MrPayden, M-R-P-A-D-E-N is how you spell that out. For the new edition of the Raw Post Show, where we talk about what happened on Raw that night and also run our 2K16 Creator Wrestler Interactive Universe, where we get all of you people in the chat involved having your own stars and stunners and have matches and have a belt and all those things that go along with such a thing. Current champion is Ricky the Torpedo Marinera, Got defeated by a crowd favorite, Cocknose. If that sounds like something you need to check out, check out the archive <laughs> available on the Twitch. If that sounds like something you need to check out, you need to also figure out what's going on in your brain. But <laughs> uh, for my side of things, everybody check out that rest hold. And of course, just make sure you hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. And thumbs up for all the different videos we have here. And keep checking smartoutmoment.com for more information. Next week, we are going to be doing our predictions for NXT TakeOver The End. And the week that follows that is, I think, time for Money in the Bank predictions, oddly enough. But we also have the Sexiest Superstars Tournament going on right now. And since we are recording this Tuesday afternoon, we have a little bit more time for you guys to still vote on what is going to end up being the finals, which is going to pop up sometime probably Friday. So cast your votes while you can because that's going to be ending next week. And that's it for now, though. Thank you all for listening, everybody. This has been another Smart Out Moment, and we're being counted out.